Hi, my name is Juju, and welcome to the Go Deep, where we're going to do just that. Go deep inside your brain. Go deep, go deep, go deep inside your brain. This is a self-exploration podcast. I'll be here speaking with professionals who specialize in different methods of discovering your sense of self, whether that's physical, psychological, or spiritual. Together, we'll be going real deep to bring to the surface new perspectives and mind-opening material to enrich your experience of life. A lot of this is going to be lesser known and unconventional because I'm lesser known and unconventional. And probably so are you. So happy to have you on this journey. Get ready to go deep. Go deep, go deep. Today's conversation is with confidence and happiness coach Paul Levitin. Paul is a behavior change specialist and a self confidence coach. As a coach, podcaster, writer, and public speaker, he helps millennial professionals overcome self doubt so that they can make more money doing what they love. I mean, hello, sign me up. I've been friends with Paul for 15 years, and we've known each other through probably the most transformational times in our lives, from 17 to 32. If we recorded an episode during the beginning of our friendship, I don't think anyone would voluntarily sign up to listen to something like that, nor would I subject you to something like that. However, today, I am happy to subject you to this. After having many conversations with Paul and listening to his podcast, I have to say, Paul is on to something. He understands how people operate. He knows what it's like to live a surface level life and a deep life, to have life lead you or to lead a life. He has a way of putting into language the complexity of what it means to be human. I guess the way that he intellectualizes what he calls human things helps give space from it, helps understand it first. Then he has a practical approach on what to do next to operate from a space of fulfillment and self-trust. In this conversation, we talk about future you and how present you can be getting in your own way. He also speaks about how to get out of your own way to create the life that you want. I really believe in the work that he's doing. I listen to his podcasts. I'll be reading his book that he's writing. And I know that you'll enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And now, on to the episode. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you for being here. Mm, thank you for having me, Julie. It's, a, it's truly is an honor. <laughs> My pleasure. The honor is all mine. Now, I love your podcast, as I just mentioned before. And I listened to the four paradoxes. Mm, Yeah. Four paradoxes of life. I really enjoyed that. I'm going to link it below so that everyone can go listen to it after this. Um, And so I wanted to start with, there's something that you said in there that I really, really liked about getting present you to be future you. Mm -hmm. Can you share a bit more on that? Yeah, well, 
I think a lot about, about time, right? The concept of time is like super interesting to me, right? So one is like, you know, some people say that the whole, the, the fact that humans understand time is what separates us from every other animal, right? We're the only animals that can think about the future, you know, like, you know, a, a squirrel might, you know, bury nuts for the winter, but they don't really think about consequences and they don't think about different scenarios where different things happen and, and humans, we, we have forecasting abilities and, and stuff like that. So like time is super interesting in that regard. And then there's always like this thing about time too, where it's like, I don't have enough time. Time is running out, but time is all we have and time heals all wounds. And there, there's all this stuff about time. And it's like, it's, it's so important and we really just don't understand it. And one of the biggest gaps that, that I've seen with people is that like, we have this, expectation of what we make decisions in the present that will affect our future under the assumption that us in the future will feel the way we feel in the present, right? So I decide to go out drinking tonight, assuming that, you know, me tomorrow will be good with that, but me tomorrow will be hung over and be upset with myself from last night. Or in a, in a larger sense, I decide to go and get a four-year degree at the time when I'm 18 with the assumption that when I'm 21, that that will, have, uh, that will be a good thing for me and it put me in a good place. Meanwhile, as anyone who has lived more than 21 years knows that at 18, you don't know shit about shit. And by the time you're 21, everything in your life has changed. And you're like, what the hell was I even doing? So everything, and everything is like that, right? Like you, we're, we're deciding now about the future, which is fine. That's the only way that it can work, but we do it with this assumption that we know what's best for us and that we know like the way that we're going to be and, and the, the, the way that we're going to want things to be years from now. So it's just, I mean, it doesn't tend to work out like that because, you know, a very easy thing to think about is like, think about how different you were five years ago. And when I say you, I mean, you, Julie, me, myself, or anyone listening, right? Because I know you five years ago and you know me five years ago and we were both very, very different, right? And now, so, True. but we think we'll, we'll look at something like that and be like, yeah, well, of course, but then we'll think about, but five years from now, I'm going to be right where I am. Like, no, that's not, that's not how it's going to be, right? Just as different as I was five years ago, I'm going to be that different five years from now, but that's not how we tend to think about things. We tend to think about the future as if we know what's best for us. Like I know what's best for me at 40 right now, sitting here at 32, but that's, it's just not really how it works. How do we plan for future us then? I don't think you do, right? So that this is a big part of it because this is a paradox, right? It's like, we have to care about the future because we live in a world where I'm going to live 10 years from now. So it's hard to say, well, don't worry about what's going to happen 10 years from now. But I have to understand that no matter what, no, no level of planning can actually make the future unfold in the way that I want to, right? So this can be like a a thing that people don't like to hear because people want to be in control of their lives, right? They like, they don't like to hear that, like everything that you're doing is pointless because you can't control the future anyway. Cause it's like, well, what the hell is the point then? But to me, I, I don't look at it that way. I look at, I look at it more like you don't have to hyper-focus on the future. Like, yes, you do want to do still what's best, still do what's best for yourself. Right. I still want to eat healthy. I still want to have a, I want to get a good job. I want to save for the future. I want to do these things to put myself in the best possible situation for when the future unfolds, but do it with the understanding that I'm putting, I'm doing this in a general sense and not a specific sense. I'm not trying to say like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to 
start here and climb the corporate ladder. And I know that in 10 years, I'm going to be in this position and I'm going to be making this much and I'm going to be married with three kids and a dog and, and whatever, whatever, because it's like, then I'm, I'm putting myself, the only way I can succeed in that scenario is if I hit that exact target right on the head. Right. Mm -hmm. And anything else then inherently becomes failure because mm -hmm. it's like, well, this whole plan that I laid out 10 years ago, I, I might be very successful in, in other regards, but because it doesn't match up with the way that I had planned for it in my head, it feels like failure. Right. So instead I want to just do the general things that I know to be good. Right. So you were just asking me, um, about, my trip, I'm, I'm traveling right now. And I'm like, just kind of driving around the country. I quit my full-time job. I'm, I'm doing, working on my own business. I'm working on my podcast. I'm just traveling. And people will ask me like, they're like, well, like, what are you going to do? Like, what's your plan? And I'm just like, I don't know, but I can't imagine that if I eat healthy, exercise, work on myself, do volunteer work, make good connections with people, enjoy myself, sit out in the sunlight and just enjoy life that things won't work out for me. Like, I don't know how they'll work out, but it's just like, I'm just doing good things. And I expect that good things will come of it, you know? So like, and again, that, that can be like, people look at me like, well, no, you need a plan. Like, and like, people don't like to hear that. But that's my point is that like, if making a plan made a plan work, I'd be all for it. I'd be like, yes, that's great. Like if, if you could say like, this is my plan and I know it's going to work out like that 100% of the time, then I'm like, well, that's great. Then let's, let's make a plan and let's fucking kill it. And I'm not saying to not have plans, right? I'm a coach. I help people with goal setting with all these things. My point is that you can't be so emotionally attached to it because when you do attach yourself to these outcomes, you set yourself up for inherent disappointment because we don't get to choose the way things unfold right? So what I want to do is focus on actions, right? Again, living a good life, exercising, eating healthy, hanging out with family, making connections, whatever it is that a good life is to you. Because again, if I focus on those things, which are inputs, inputs are, inputs are within my control. If I focus on inputs, then the outcome that comes from it, I can assume that it will be a good outcome because I'm putting good, good in equals good out. But I can't hold that outcome so closely that if I don't get it, that I will be angry, upset, anxious, overwhelmed, or whatever other stuff comes, right? Because that's what happens. People will go like, oh, it was supposed to work out this way. I had expected it to be like this. I did all this work. It's not fair that it didn't come out like the way I thought it would. But the universe isn't fair. The universe doesn't care about what you think. The universe doesn't care about what should happen. So the more you can kind of let go of these expectations, I think the easier life is in the long run. Yeah, I feel like people let plans get in their way, kind of. Right, for sure. And it's again, it's a tricky thing, because again, you still do need plans, right? You can't just like go through life, like just like, with the wind all the time. Right? Like, again, even me, I'm just saying, like, I quit my job and stuff, but I planned for this, right? Like I saved up for a for a period of time, I, I got my business to a certain point before I didn't just say like, well, fuck it, you know, like, and just like sail off to the wind. So there is a level of planning. But it's it's this thing of, again, you, if you put, if you hold on to it too tightly, you don't have room for anything else. I teach about the things that lead to self-sabotage. And, and yeah. one of the things I talk about is money mindset, right? And like with money mindset, it's like, it's a whole like scarcity versus abundance, right? So people live in scarcity. It's like, I need more money. I need more. I need more. I need more. And like 
abundance is like, I understand that, yes, I need money, but like, there's more out there. The universe is abundant. I, I, I will, it will come to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And the thing what, that I talk about with money mindset, the reason it leads to self-sabotage is because it's like, when you're so hyper-focused on getting more money, it actually leads you to getting less money because you become the person who works 12 hour days. You become the person who, who forgoes their family and the social events or whatever. And in the short term, that seems like the right thing to do. It's like, well, I need more money. So I have to do all the work to get all the money. But in the long term, what we know that leads to is burnout and overwhelm, which leads to you quitting, which leads to you quitting your job or doing whatever. And then, so in the long run, you actually get less money out of it. Right. So it's like by actually saying, no, I'm going to have boundaries and I'm not going to stay work, late at work. I'm not going to take every overtime possible. I'm not going to work weekends and miss my kids' birthdays. You might make less money this paycheck, but over the course of 30 years, you're going to make more money, right? And planning is the same way. You want to have some plans, but if you try to meticulously plan everything out and also, again, assume that a plan you made in 2022 is going to play out in 2023, 2024, 2025, 2030, mm-hmm. then like you're, you're too stuck in it. And it's, it doesn't give you the flexibility to change with the, the world that is changing, you know, like we, things aren't as rigid as that. So it just becomes like, it seems logical to be like, well, yeah, I have to plan for everything, but when you're too in it, it doesn't allow you. And then it ends up backfiring because you get that overwhelm that stress and all that stuff. And you end up getting less instead of getting more. Mm, So it's about improving your life in the now, like making plans for the future, but also being flexible with the plans because we know life surprises us. Right. So like there are all these beautiful surprises. And if you're so focused on this particular goal, actually you may miss opportunities that life presents to you because you're so stuck on this pathway but actually there could be an opportunity that's even better that gets presented that, that you could not see. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's the whole thing, right? You're that's the perfect example of like, of today me versus the future me, right? Like you're, you're so stuck on this plan that you made about like what you think that you're supposed to get in five years, that it's like an opportunity is looking you straight in the face, but you're ignoring it. And you know, the the whole thing is like, you said, we have to focus on today and it's like people, think about, you know, planning for the future, thinking about changing the past. And it's like, no matter what, there is only now, mm-hmm. like life happens now, you know, life happens one moment at a time, whatever you want to say, the future isn't real. The past isn't real. What's real is only now. Right. So for all the planning and stuff is great. Again, we want to, we, we do live in a society that has an economy, right? So you have to plan to, you want to plan for retirement. You want to have these things, but no matter what you can't live in the future right? It's like you, you live today. So it's like one of, one of my, my clients, I was talking about this and he was like, oh, well, I just, I'm just going to start taking things one step at a time. And I'm like, as if you could ever go two steps at a time, like that's not how feet work. So, you know, we have these, these things in our mind of like, well, like I'll just take it one day at a time. That's the literal only way you can take it. So you might as well do that. (laughs) So, okay. With this money mindset and self-sabotaging, Firstly, why aren't we millionaires? <laughs> Me and you personally? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's start there. Why isn't everyone a millionaire? Um, yeah, because it's hard, right? So this is the thing. Well, one, I mean, listen, you have to understand that everyone can't be, everyone can't be successful in that regard, right? There, everyone, everything exists on a bell curve and, and some people are going to be hyper successful and some people are going to be poor, but 
that's monetarily. I think that everyone can be successful when you understand that success is about more than money. Success is about a life well lived. And that's what I want for people, right? So it's like people, and again, this is why the money mindset holds people back because they equate success to only being money. And if success equals money, the only way you can be successful is to have a lot of money that puts, that puts you on a very narrow path. Right. So now everything that I do has to center around, around money. Again, I have to miss my kid's birthday because I need more money because I'm trying to be successful. I have to take the extra, I have to take that promotion that's going to be more stressful. And even though I don't want it and it's going to whatever, 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 all that stuff because money, money, money. Hmm. If I can understand that success is about so much more than that, it's about, again, a, a life well lived, time well spent, connections made, travel, experiences, family, whatever the thing is that opens up so many other possibilities of like, yeah, like, again, I still need money. I live in the real world where yes, money is important, but is it the most important thing? And does my focus on it take away from my actual enjoyment of life, which to me is what, you know, life is all about. Mm. So in terms of money, self-sabotaging behavior is like overworking, for example. Yeah, because, you know, it's, it's again, it's exactly overwork, hyper-focus, because eventually it, it will lead to burnout, yeah. right? And if it doesn't, then, well, then you do become rich. But most people, we, as we've seen, right, most, we know in the year, in the year 2022, when we're recording this, pretty much everyone you talk to has some experience with being with, with this, you know, like, Oh my God, I'm, it's too much. You go to a happy hour. What does everyone say? Oh my God, oh, this work was this week was crazy. I can't keep up with this. Like it's, it's the same stuff. You know, if that was the exception rather than the rule, I might say that, yeah, like, okay, that it just, just work harder, but it's, there's not a direct, this is the thing. There's not a direct correlation between how hard we work and how much money we make. Totally. Right? It's like work smarter, not harder. Right. And, and also, again, it's about your values because, you, you know, I say all the time, it's like millionaires, billionaires commit suicide. Yeah. And once you, once you understand that, you, you can understand that clearly money doesn't answer all your problems. It might make life easier. It might answer some of your problems that you have that are, that are financial problems, but it's not the end all be all of life. And our society focuses on it to a way, in, in a way that is probably unhealthy. And again, it's just like, it doesn't answer everything. And it just leads to you. It leads to, it's just a different set of problems. Mm-hmm. And then what are some self-sabotaging behaviors for relationships? So when, I mean, when I think about self-sabotage, it's, it transcends everything. It's not like mm-hmm. this is self-sabotage in work. This is self-sabotage in relationships. You know, I say this is just human stuff, right? So when I talk about self-sabotage, I, what I, I have a, an acronym, right? S-L-U-M-P, the word slump, right? So slump stands for the S, the M is the money mindset, right? We already went over that one. S-L-U-M-P, S is shoulds and supposed tos, right? So the way things should be, the way thing, the way I expected things to be, the way it's supposed to be, perfect in relationships. My husband, my husband doesn't talk to me, doesn't look at me like he used to. He should look at me like he looks at that waitress. And yet he doesn't, right? So this is there. So anytime we get we get in an argument with reality, we have set ourselves up for for a, a problem, right? Meaning that my husband should look at me like he looks at that waitress, but he's not. He's looking at the waitress like that. So now you have you are literally arguing with reality. You are saying that what is the literal fact of what is he is looking at the waitress like that is not what should happen. 
you're, you're making yourself wrong because you're literally saying what is happening shouldn't be happening, right? My husband, my wife shouldn't have cheated on me, but she did. Like, yeah, you can, we, again, we can talk about morality. We can talk about right and wrong all day, but you're saying that something that happened shouldn't have happened. That's like me saying the sun shouldn't set tonight. Like I'm, there's no way that I can be happy at the end of that because the sun is going to set tonight. So when I argue with reality and, and say that I claim the way something should be, mm-hmm. the way something is supposed to be, there's only one possible way that that plays out. And that's with me being disappointed, right? Yeah, I find that that's super interesting that kind of we have these expectations that we've made up in our mind. And when life doesn't meet the expectation, then we're disappointed, but we literally made it up. Right, right. And again, you know, people will say this, well, they're like, well, like you're supposed to have expectations, right? Like I can't, it's, I want to, shouldn't I expect that my, my husband or wife doesn't cheat on me? And it's like, again, you can have expectations, right? I go to work because I expect them to pay me. Right. I get married because I expect that that person won't cheat on me. But what I have to do is detach from the result. Right. Going back to what I was saying before, all I can control starts and ends with me. Mm-hmm. It is the vessel that is inside of this skin. I can control my arms, my mouth, my words. That's it. So anything that I put on anything outside of myself, I have to understand I'm opening myself up for the potential of disappointment regardless if it's someone else, something else, if it's my government, if it's my kids, if it's my parents, if it's my, my significant other, if I'm putting my social, emotional, whatever well-being in the hands of someone else, I'm saying that it's a possibility that they're going to do something that I don't like. Yeah. Right. So going back to just self-sabotage, right. That's in relationships, but it's in other things too. Right. I use diet and exercise as an example, because I was a personal trainer for a long time. I was, I've been doing this diet for so long. I should have lost more weight by now, but you haven't, but now they quit because it doesn't match up to weight the way they, it should have been going. Oh, I've been meditating. I've been really practicing meditation, but my, my brain always wanders. I thought, I thought it was supposed to get easier by now, but it hasn't. And now what do they do? They quit. Right. So because we have these false narratives, these expectations that, as you just said, we created, no one said that they should, no one said that it's supposed to, who said it's supposed to get easier. Like who, who made these rules? So, but because we have this, I call them thought gremlins. The thought gremlins get in your brain and they go, well, this isn't fair. A lot of our human nature central centers around fairness, right? So when your brain gets an idea of this isn't fair, it doesn't like that. And that gives you a reason to quit because now your brain isn't going to go like, I'm just a lazy piece of shit. I quit. It's going to go, well, I tried. I gave it my, I gave it its fair shot. This isn't just, this isn't working for me. It should have, I should have gotten the result by now. It's not my fault it's the system that's broken. It's the thing that's broken. It's my whatever that's broken. It takes the onus off of us, right? Because we never want to, we never want to admit that we're just crapping out on ourselves. So what we do is our brain finds a way to say like, oh, well, this, it just isn't fair, but it would be silly for me to keep trying to, to keep playing a game that we know is rigged in the other direction. Okay. So going to the L in some. S should and supposed to use L's is, Uh, L is lacking clarity. So lacking clarity is about, this is about planning, right? Because again, your brain is always looking for reason. All of the centers around the understanding that biological imperative of all living creatures is to survive. That's it, right? Every human, every animal, every plant, what's bred into us is, is survival mechanism. And survival is conserve energy whenever possible. 
So do not do hard things, right? Your brain does not, anything that's hard is inherently against human nature. This is why you will always choose watching Netflix over going to the gym. You'll always choose eating Oreos over eating a salad. You'll always choose going to sleep over having a hard conversation with your spouse. It is just, it is biologically bred into us. So now lacking clarity is if you just go, I'm going to be healthy. You have no clue what that means. There's no actual thing to like, to say, did I do it or did I not? Right. You don't know what you're like. It's an ambiguous term. Your brain again is always looking for when can I save energy? Well, it's going like, well, what, what is this? What, what, what am I even wasting my time on this for? Okay. We tried, we gave it a shot. Whereas having specific goals, right? Like I'm going to eat, I'm not going to be healthy. I'm going to eat more salads and I'm going to drink eight glasses of water a day. That's a specific thing that I can be clear about. And my brain can know, okay, I actually did this or not. So it will at least be willing to put in the effort towards it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're setting up like kind of data points on, on like your day to day on what's to come. And then you're, so it's like clear steps forward and then you hit them as you go. Yes, exactly. I call them like check mark goals, right? I want to be able to say yes or no. Did this happen or did this not? We have to take out the ambiguity to it because if, if it's ambiguous, that then your brain doesn't feel that it could ever achieve it. And it's just going to go, well, we might as well stop now, right? Like, it's just like, I'm not even going to waste my time because how do I know when it, when it does it, right? So it's, it's always your brain, again, this, you know, the, 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 this whole thing, this whole self-sabotage and everything, you know, people say this thing like, well, it's, you know, don't, don't compete with other people's other people. It's you versus you. Right. But I'm like, it's not you versus you. It's you versus human nature. That's the battle that we're fighting. Right. Like it is, it is your, you versus the biology of millions of years of evolution that have gotten us to this point. And now we live in a world where we are not set up to win in this world, right? Like the, the technology has so outpaced human evolution that our, our bodies do not understand what's going on. Like the fact that you and I are talking right now from hundreds of miles away from each other, it, it, my brain, it doesn't make sense, right? The fact that we have that, I, you know, we used to be hunters and gatherers and we used to be farmers. And now I can Uber eats a fucking McFlurry to my mouth and a drone will deliver it without me ever having to leave my couch. It's like, we're not set up to win, you know, to win yeah. in this situation. So everything is just fighting against this. So lack of clarity is just, we need to have clarity. We need to know the action that we're taking is going to get us a result. But then paradox, because the you in the, in slump is stands for uncertainty. And uncertainty is simply the fact that our brain is also always seeking certainty, meaning again, going back to, we want, if your brain wants to uh, conserve energy at all times, it does not want to let you use energy on something that it is not sure that it is going to get a result out of. Uh-huh. Right. So it, that's why, this is why. I say all the time, right? People will say like, oh, well, like, I'm just not motivated to go to the gym. I'm just not motivated to whatever the thing is. It doesn't have to be at the gym I, to start my business, to, to, to write, to do my journaling. And I'm like, but that's not true, right? If I gave you, if I, to, whatever your goal is, mm-hmm. say it again, say you want to start meditating every day. If I set right here today, signed a contract, if you meditate every 30 minutes every day for the next 365 days, you will get $1 million. We both signed the contract right now. I guarantee you will get that million dollars because you will find a way to make that happen because you have certainty that the result is coming. 
But the thing is that nothing in life is certain. So what we get is we don't get that contract. What we get is, hey, you should meditate because probably things will get better for you. And I've heard in some books that kind of said that maybe that things will be cool and like you might get this result. And my friend did it for six months and their life changed. But I also had another friend who did it for two years and nothing kind of happened, but you should try it and like see what works for you. And again, my brain, which is looking to conserve energy is going, now that seems like a shitty deal to me. And it's just not going to try, right? It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to talk myself out of it. I'm going to do it for two weeks and I'm going to go, I'm definitely one of the guys who it doesn't work for. I quit, right? My, my thought gremlins come in, I self-sabotage. So, but now the thing is that we have to understand that there is no certainty. Nothing in life is certain, right? We just said the future isn't real, right? So we have this, again, this paradox of under, of saying that like, we only want to do things that we're certain for that. I mean, that we're certain that we'll get the result and yet nothing is certain. So we have to, there, this is where, you know, if you want to call it faith, you want to call it optimism, you want to call it just taking a leap, whatever it is, you ha there has to be a level of like trust in the system, right? And this is why people will hire a coach, right? When someone hires me as a personal trainer, what they're doing is they're borrowing my certainty. They're saying, hey, I don't know how to, I don't know that if I do, do this exercise program that I'll get the result that I want, but I know that you study this stuff. So I'm paying you to assume that if I follow your thing for six months, that I'll get that result. Now, again, there's still no certainty because any, everyone's body is different, right? They can still do the same routine and not get the results because that's just how the human body works, but it allows them to, to put the effort forward because they have that, like something that's backing them to go like, okay, like this makes a little bit more sense to me. So what do we do about this uncertainty situation? Yeah. So it's, again, that, that's a big one. So borrowing certainty, right. From, from other people. So again, that's from experts, that's from mentors, that's from coaches, that's from books, but you know, we get into a, we get, get into trouble here because there's also infinite bad information out there too. So you have to know, right. There's, there's Instagram and, and this, that, and the other thing. So there's a, there's a ton of, so just information isn't the answer. It's, you have to have the right information. Um, and there's also, again, just you have to understand, you have to just come to grips with the fact that you can never be certain, right? So in my, in my course, I talk about, I call it the tattoo rule. And basically, right. I have a lot, a lot of tattoos and people always ask me like, oh, well, I, you know, like, I don't know how, like, how do you decide? Like, I can never like decide on something that I want to have on me for the rest of my life. Like, mm -hmm. how do you know that you're going to love this tattoo for the rest of your life? And I'm like, I don't, that, that is legit, the leg legitimate, like, epitome of seeking certainty. They're like, Oh, I'm going to exactly. I'm going to decide at 22 that I'm going to love this thing on me until I'm 80. Like how, yeah. how nonsensical could it be to think that I could do that? So the tattoo rule is get 90% of the way there and say, yes, there's a 10% chance that I might end up hating this because otherwise the other option is I will never do it. Right. So if I, if I say that I want to get a tattoo, I have to just say that there is, yes, I am doing this with accepting the reality that there is a future that plays out where I'm like, oh my God, I hate this thing. Because the other thing is to be paralyzed by fear and never actually take action. Yeah. And that goes back to present you and future you as well on right. like, you know, you don't know what you're going to like right. down the track. Right. And exactly. Right. And so that, that's the funny thing too. Right. Cause even with like weight loss, right. So people yeah. go like, cause this is why, this is how I learned about this. Right. It was working with clients who like, they want to lose so much weight and they've worked their lives years, decades, some people to lose weight, thinking that everything will be different when they lose the weight. And then people lose the weight and they realize that their life isn't better or that, you know, their wife still doesn't look at them the way they thought they're like, Oh, well, when it's, you know, finally, when I lose 50 pounds, then, you know, we'll get that spark back. 
but it wasn't that it was that you were an asshole the whole time. Right. It wasn't that you, it wasn't that you were, you were fat, a fat asshole. You were just an asshole, you know? So like, so that's what I'm saying. So we have this idea of like, Oh, when I get this result, everything will be different and it doesn't work out like that. So it's, yeah. it's just, it's this like farce that we have in our head, but again, that, that that's one of the harder one uncertainty, but a lot of it is just, it's that acceptance, right? It's just realizing that again, for like I said, it's like arguing with the universe. There yeah. is no certainty. So it's like, I can, I can kick and scream. I can, I can stomp my feet all I want, but that is the reality of the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I, I, some things it's just like, it's not about having an answer. It's more about just accepting that, like you can't, it can't be any different than it is. Yeah. And I feel like everyone kind of in life and I guess how we make changes in our life, we kind of think if I do this or if I get this, then I will feel this. But then as you were saying before, then if you don't get that or if you don't do it, then you feel like shit. Right. Where it's really about then shifting to not like if I will get this, it's about what you're doing right now. Right. So, you know, this is the reason I've started doing what I do now as a coach, right. Where I talk about a lot of self-confidence, self-sabotage, these type of internal things are for exactly that reason. Right. I saw for so many years, people saying like, Oh, well, I just want to lose the weight. Then everything will be different. I just want to, I just need to get the promotion. Then everything will be different. And I saw time and time again, that that's not how it worked. So, you know, self-confidence is a perfect example. How many people say like, oh, when I can just go to the beach in a bikini, then I'll be more confident. When I could just have abs, then I'll finally be self-confident. And it's like self-confidence starts from yourself right now. It doesn't start by changing, you know, changing your external or changing your house or changing where you live or changing the number in your bank account. It starts by you being a confident person. So we, we, we have this whole thing backwards of like, oh, when I get this, then I'll, then I'll have this result. But in reality, it's like being a self-confident person is the thing that allows you to be rich or healthy or whatever else. True. All of your, all of the things that you want in your life will come if you already kind of feel that confidence. Right. Okay. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, exactly that. Right. It's like it radiates out of you, mm-hmm. right. That, that people know a, part, a confident person, the energy that they, that they have, right. It's like everyone wants to be around them. We know in a deep internal way that all of this stuff is bullshit, right. We'll say like, well, I just need to lose weight so I can get the girl. But then we see a fat guy with the hottest girl and then we're like, well, he's just rich or he's just funny or he's just lucky. Right. It's like, well, I just need to be rich and then I'll be happy. And then we hear about a millionaire who hates their life and, and sold their business and went to go live with the, with the monks in, in, in Tibet. And they're like, well, he was just crazy. He just didn't, you know, like, it's just like, we, we, we trick ourselves into thinking that like what we have isn't enough. Now, again, are there circumstances where we need more? Of course, you know, of course there are people who are struggling and having more money would help them. Of course there are people who are, who have financial situations or literal health situations or whatever that could be better. I'm not saying that. My point is that more often than not, people paint themselves into a scenario that they think they only have one exit from, right? They think that again, like it's, it's, it's everything would be different if it was just for this one thing. But in reality, it's about changing our internal beliefs and changing who we are, changing that, you know, changing the stories that we tell that actually changes our lives. 
rather than changing again the number on the scale, the number in a bank account, the my partner, my my boss, my this, my that, or the other thing. Because again, all of those things exist outside of us. I was saying before, the only things that I control are within my skin, the things that are in my my the border of my my body. Literally anything else, if I think that something outside of me is going to be the thing that I need, 99 out of 100 times, I'm going to be wrong about that. Yeah, yeah. And then if you kind of shift your inner world, then your external world changes. 100%, right. And again, you know, we see billionaires who kill themselves and we see also homeless guys sitting under the bridge who are the happiest fucking guy in the world, you know, like, who's just like, like you hand him money. He's like, no, nah, I don't need that. <laughs> like, you, it's like, it's like, I got this, I got this empty McDonald's cup. Like I'm good. You know, like, and it's like, again, it doesn't make sense to us because we, we have to, we have to put everything into the boxes that we understand. They're like, well, no, society says you're supposed to do this, but we're listening to rules that were put out that, no one said you had to follow these rules. Again, there, there's rules of the universe. Those are real. Rules of society are not rule are not real, right? Rules of society that you have to be a certain size or that you have to have a certain amount of money or that you have to, you know, you have to have the, the kids and the dog and the picket fence or all this stuff. Like that's not real. So, you know, but we we put ourselves into that and we hold that so highly and regard it so highly, where it's just like, it's like, what if you just let that go? Right. That's a thought experiment I do with my clients all the time. I'm like, whatever the thing is that, that, that they're like, Oh, I just like, I just wish that like, I wasn't, I'm like, what if you just, who would you be without that thought? How would that feel? Mm-hmm. How would I, how would you feel about the thought that you have to lose 50 pounds right now? And they'll go, oh, it would feel so much better, but I do have to lose 50 pounds. Yeah. I'm like, but who said so? Like, well, I just always wanted to, because I've always wanted to be skinny. Again, where did that thought come from? It's just been programmed into you by, uh, by years of, again, psychological programming from TV and now social media and magazines. And, you know, girls were probably raised with teen beat that said 13 ways to stay skinny this summer. And like all this, like it's, don't get me wrong. We're fighting an uphill battle, but that doesn't make it real. It's again, it's just programming that is, that has been forcing us and fed to us. We can break out of it, but it, it takes work. Yeah. And actually this, so this reminds me, do you know Byron Katie? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So this is um, ultimately the work by yeah. Byron Katie, which I'll also put a link to. Yeah. I actually just read uh, I've, in the last like two months, I've read two of Byron Katie's books and like, I'm, like, I'm super, that's a lot of this has come from that. Like it, this was me before, but she's super in because like uh, reading her books, I'm like, yeah, that's it. Like, that's what, that's what I've been thinking. She put it into words. So hundred percent that that's exactly when I say, you know, arguing with the universe, that is exactly it. The, the work is accepting the reality of what it's right. Loving what is this her book. And like, that's exactly it. Right. How, you know, going one step beyond accepting what is, is now loving what is. And, and, you know, like, so Byron Katie would say the, to the example I gave before about um, you know, a husband, uh, you know, a wife cheating on her husband. And I would say, I said that you say that, you know, a husband might say, well, a wife isn't supposed to cheat on me, but yet she has. So the reality of the, the reality is that she has, mm-hmm. and, you know, to, to Byron Katie and the work and loving what is, she would go one step further and say, now you have to say that I love that because I love the reality. Mm-hmm. And again, to, to do anything else, like, it's hard to say, like, what do you, what do you mean? I love that my wife cheated on me. And it's like, it happened. Right. So I could say, I don't love it. I hate it and all that stuff, but it's like, all that's doing is putting hate into my heart. So even though it's something that I don't want to have happened, if I can accept it and embrace it because it did happen, 
now I can move forward. Now, again, now I can have a conversation. Do I want to continue this relationship with my wife? Do I want to, I mean, we can also talk about if you're saying that that's the person that you love and, you know, this is what makes her happy. Now that's, you know, maybe that, you know, if you love them, set them free. There, there's, there's nuances to this too. But the yeah. point is again, that the, the reality is what it is. No, no amount of arguing with it will change it. So it's like accepting it, but then also moving forward with it and saying like, if this is how it is, how can I let this anger out of my heart and maybe love can go in in place? Yeah. And, um, you know, for everyone listening, I think <laughs> embracing and loving something that's, that has happened to you that is bad, that takes time and is like not something that you can jump in immediately to, because I feel like people might be, people might feel triggered. Like, Oh, I, this happened in my life. And now you're saying I need to embrace or I need to love that like no fucking way, but even just could start with, and like the work that Byron Katie does, as you mentioned before is like question your beliefs. Where did you get it from? Like kind of question everything that's coming up in your mind. That's like ruminating or making you feel like shit or whatever. Just question those always. And then maybe later down the line, you can get to that stage of embracing because there is some, uh, you know, greater reason as to why this has happened to you. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to, to say exactly that, right? Like, oh, everything's good. Cause again, we can talk about really, you know, bad things that happen to people, right. You know, people lose children, yeah. rape happens, murders happen, right? So it's hard to, to put, to say that like these things are quote unquote good, but this is where I come back to. In reality, there is no such thing as good, right? The good is good and bad, evil. These things are human constructs. There is only what is for better, for worse, for good or for bad. So, you know, the way I look at this is that while it may be, again, I'm not saying that you have to accept it or celebrate, like celebrate something that happened, but again, reality is reality, no matter what. And, and that's the whole thing is like, it's not to say that like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that I lost a, a, a child or something like that. Obviously not, but does holding grief and hate in your heart about it bring you forward? And, and no, that's always what I'm trying to do is like, I'm never, you know, like, I'm not going to sit and like dig into people's like trauma. Again, the whole thing with self-sabotage, the whole thing with, with everything that I'm doing is like, I want to help build you up to the future. And for most people, again, is there a reason to grieve? Of course, of course, of course there is. But for most people, when they sit with this anger, when they sit with this, with this, whatever negative feelings they have, one, it holds them back. It's like an anchor that weighs them down. And one of my favorite sayings is like, you can't grab onto something new with a closed fist. Right. So when you're holding on so tightly to your past, to your traumas, it's like you don't have the capacity to then move forward and maybe grab onto, Julie, as you alluded to before, something good in your life, right? Something, a, a new opportunity, a new experience, or something like that. And obviously, is this, is this to say that someone's going to listen to this and just go, oh, thanks, Paul? Like my life is better now. Like that's not, that's not what I'm saying. Again, this is hard work. I, I do this for a living. So, like, this is like what I, this is literally what I do. So, like, obviously, it's easy for me to say, but it's just my point is that it's a possibility for everyone. I think that we don't have to be defined by our past experiences. And there's a world where, again, you're, you can build what you want to build and create a life that you deserve just by, you know, moving forward with 
compassion towards yourself. Totally. And, and you can experience your life better in the now and you don't have right. to be pining for the future. Right. Um, you said something before on the rules of the universe. What did you mean by that? Are you talking about like gravity or are you talking about like no, spiritual? I just mean the, when I say the rules of the universe, I just mean that like the rules of the universe are just facts, the facts of the universe. Again, like no kids, no kids should die of cancer. That's evil. Cancer is evil, right? People love talking about cancer. War is evil. Genocide is evil. These things are bad, but they happen. They're real. So like you can say they're bad. You can say they're evil. You can say that you can put morality on them. But again, morality is human. Mm -hmm. Death is not. Death is real, right? Like the thing happening is is real. Your perception of it, while it may be true, you may be 100% right that it is an evil, fucked up, bad thing, but that doesn't change it. It doesn't change the fact that it happened or that it is happening or that it did happen, that it will continue to happen, right? So I'm like, like, yeah, like there, there's, I get, I understand that we are, we have emotions. I'm not trying to saying to shove your emotions down there and don't, don't honor them. I'm just saying that like, there is a level of, there's just reality that we have to deal with. There's a reality of things that happen that have happened. The realities of, of everything that's happened to me up until this point in my life has gotten me here. So it's very hard. You know, I've done, you know, exercises like this. Well, what would you go back and change? What would you go back and, and tell yourself? It's very hard for me to even want to change anything because everything that I've ever experienced has led me to this point for better or for worse. Right. And because I'm not in a bad place, it's very hard for me to say that anything bad has ever happened to me because yeah. it's like, I'm not, in a jail cell right now. I'm not, I'm, I'm not dead, you know? So how can I say that even my horrible experiences can't have been that bad because my life is amazing right now. So mm-hmm. it's like, it, it can't really be like, I can look back at six years ago and say, Oh, there was this thing. I was, I had such a hard time and I was, I was broken and I was crying and it's like, but clearly it wasn't that bad because here I am now. So it's just like, it's, it's just a very different way that I, that I view the world. Have you ever been arrested? <laughs> Yeah, I've been arrested. <laughs> just, just wondering, because I was going to say, I'd be really surprised if you've never been arrested, <laughs> especially uh, college you. <laughs> right, okay. so, that's what I'm saying. I've had my, I've had my, uh, my ups and downs, you know. <laughs> um, M, M in slump. So the M is money mindset, right? We already went over that. And then P is perfectionism right? And oh, perfectionism, perfectionism could be the whole thing, right? Cause this is just everything, right? Again, perfectionism is an unattainable ideal, right? You perfection does not exist. Okay. It, we, we can just, you can't be perfect, whatever you want to do. It can't be perfect. And so now again, you're holding yourself to on an unobtainable ideal, which then inherently only sets you up for failure. So now what either happens is you, you are trying to achieve something that you can't be achieved, which again, going back to my brain, trying to conserve energy is going to go, well, this is a bad trade because I'm, I'm trying, trying, trying and never getting there. Or I keep trying. Eventually I get burned out and I quit because it doesn't. And then the thing is that what, what we miss is that if we are trying to be quote unquote, perfect, which one isn't, isn't possible, but it's such a small target, right? So think about a dartboard and perfection is not even the bullseye, but it's like the dead center of the bullseye, mm-hmm. Right. But the whole dartboard is in play, but you're so fixated on getting that one thing that every other place you hit on the dartboard or could hit or could be going for, you're not even trying or you're not celebrating, right? You get those, you get the double 20 or something like that. And you just don't even care because you're so hyper fixated on the perfection, but it's not real. You can never even get there. And that pursuit inherently keeps you stuck and eventually will cause you to say like, 
well, this isn't working out, so I have to quit, right? But again, it's not like, it's not like, oh, I quit. It's like, I have to quit. Like, I, I literally can't do this anymore because I'm trying to get something that like, it's not my fault. It's just like, it's, it's just, it's just not in the, in the cards for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And perfectionism, even it plays in a lot to the need or the feeling or what desire to control your situation and but every so many things are out of your control right like you can't control other people you can't control what what happens to you ultimately from an external environment and then perfectionistic tendencies then i feel like it's kind of like this loop like this spiral that people go into right so i have it too Literally, yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone does, but, and literally, but that's the thing you said, it's, you said so many things are outside of our control. Literally everything is outside of your control. That's the thing. Again, this is a, a human fallacy that we think we can control things. We can't control anything. Again, I can only control the words that I can come out of my mouth. And even that barely, because how many times have you got into an argument with someone and said something that you didn't, that you wish you didn't say, so right. So, or gotten drunk and said something that you shouldn't have said, or woke up, you know, like woke up in like, in like, in like a haze of like being half asleep said, like said something that like you, like you wouldn't have said if you were more awake. So it's like, even the things that we can control, we can't control 100% of the time. True. Because actually, um, when you go into fight or flight mode, your brain, like the front of your brain, the prefrontal cortex turns off. So you actually are not rationally thinking you're just reflexing and, and like, then you're, you're just automatically going with kind of your survival instincts. And that's not associated with your rational part of your brain. Right. So look at, look, look at the, look at the, 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 disconnect that we have here. We have what we think is that we can be perfect. We can control everything. We can, we can set goals and and achieve them with 100% certainty that we, we can take action and we know how they should work out, how we can, we can expect things. And then we can, we can expect them to work out the way that we do. That's our, that's what we think, what we expect. Right. And then in reality, we can't even control our thoughts and our emotions and our words, let alone the way the economy plays out, let alone the way my partner hears what I have to say, let alone the way traffic is, let alone the way the the market responds to my business, let alone a million other things. So like, we think that all of this stuff, it's like you, we can't even do handle our own shit. And we're so worried about how we go through the world. And it's just like, it sets us up for just the only possible answer in my And my understanding is, again, eventually I'm going to say, well, screw this, I quit. And that's Mm self-sabotage. Okay. So can you recap slump? Yeah. So it's the shoulds and supposed tos, right? Just That's basically expectations. uh, They call it shooting all over yourself, right? It should be like this. It shouldn't be like that. Lacking clarity. So that's embarking on any specific journey without actually knowing where you're going, right? Not, not actually having a specific thing or not knowing how to get there, right? That, that this is the, I want to build a business, but you don't know how to build a business. I want to play piano. It's like, yeah, no shit. Everyone, it, it's, it, there's a saying of uh, everyone wants to have written a book, but no one wants to write. Right. So it's like, you, like you, you want to, you want to be there. Like I call these magic wand goals. Like I want to lose 50 pounds. Oh, well, yeah, no shit. Who doesn't, I want to be a millionaire. No shit. Who doesn't. It's like, but do you actually know the step-by-step action steps that get you there? So lacking clarity, uncertainty, right? Or, or can you can you sit with the fact that you might do all of the work and not get the result? Because that is a that is a very real possibility. You can do all the work and you could just get the shit end of the stick when it comes to luck and you might not get there because that has to happen to some people. Just like some people do none of the work and they get all of the result. 
That's just the way that, again, that is a law of the universe. That's what I mean. Like luck is that there is, there's a level of like, that is just the reality of the world that we live in. Uh, M is money mindset, right? The hyper fixation on money, living in that scarcity mindset is going to actually keeping you, actually keep you from receiving the, the real uh, experiences and the things that you actually, that actually could make your life amazing. And in a roundabout way will lead to that burnout that will actually lead to you having less money. And then the P is perfectionism. Holding yourself to a standard of perfection is inherently flawed because perfection isn't real. It's an unobtainable goal. And you're only setting, if you set that as your goal, the only possible thing to come out of it is failure because you've set a goal that literally can't be achieved. Mm -hmm. And how does someone have true, authentic self-confidence? Because, okay, we're both from New York and I feel like here... Everyone has confidence, quote unquote confidence, because we have to fake it till we make it. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if you're not confident here, you act confident. Right. So I'm like, how do people really get true self-confidence? So I think, again, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I talk, I teach about this a lot. And this is, again, it's always top of mind for me, but really what I've been, and, and this might change if, if, if we talk again a month from now, but the way that this is really sitting with me right now is that I think that self-confidence is a, a belief, a deep internal belief that I will be okay, no matter what, right? Be, and that's so for me, because like, because I am so good with myself, I am so confident that things will work out because I'll be okay no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like I, if I go broke, if I get rich, if my girlfriend breaks up with me, if I, if I get divorced, if I get married, if I do, I'm going to be okay. So nothing else outside of me can shake me because I have this deep internal belief that like I am going to be good no matter what. Yeah. It's true belief in self and like true self-trust. And that exactly that. And that I have the ability to, uh, to figure out, to, to, to figure out any obstacles that come across my way. Right. Like, so it's like, because I believe in my ability to learn and to, to, I'm not saying that I'm equipped right now to handle every, every obstacle, but that there's nothing that will come up for me that like, that is too big for me to figure out. And because of that, it's like, I'm good. I don't have to worry about anything. And I don't have to, like, I don't have to think about, again, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? What if it does? I'll figure it out. Like, and that, that's just really like how I live my life. Yeah. And how do people get to a place of trusting themselves? I think that uh, it starts, you know, this is, I mean, again, this is big work. I think that the, the very place I start most people, I actually just started a new client uh, this week and he's he working specifically for self-confidence. So the first call, it's like, we're not even talking about confidence. What I started him with is habits. Like, you know, it's, it seems like we're talking about super like floaty, like ephemeral, deep, whatever human stuff, but it's like habits, right? So I started him with a morning routine, drinking more water and, and going to the gym. Why? Not because again, that I think that him losing weight is going to lead to be, him being more confident, but because I want his subconscious brain to know that he can trust himself. So I want him to know that when he says tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up at 5am, I'm going to drink a glass of water, I'm going to meditate. And then he wakes up tomorrow morning at 5am, he drinks a glass of water, and he's going to meditate. That sends a message to his subconscious brain, right? And he knows that I, I said, I was going to work out five days this week. I worked out five days this week. That sends a message, sends the message that I'm the type of person who does the things that I say I'm going to do. Right now, if you multiply that out by 
tens of thousands of to-dos and tens of thousands of goals over 20 years, now my subconscious brain has a very clear message. If I say something, I'm going to do it. it. It can know it to be the truth. So for me, because this is my experience over the last 10 years, this is how I've built my life. If I say that I'm going to be okay, I can believe that. Now, juxtapose that with someone who every January 1st go, this is going to be my year. This is going to be the year that I finally lose weight or that I finally quit cigarettes or that I finally quit drinking. And then January 2nd, they've already, they've already screwed up. They've already stopped. They're already not doing it. What does, what's the message that their subconscious brain gets? It gets that, well, clearly I can't take myself seriously. Clearly, whatever I say, it doesn't mean anything. And it doesn't, and like, I can't, I can't believe in myself and the, the things that I set out. So if I say to myself, everything's going to be okay, my brain is going to go, the fuck it is. Like, like how, how can I believe that when I can't even wake up with my alarm or drink eight ounces of water or whatever the thing is. So I think I start very small and tactical so we can actually see. That's why I was saying before, I like to be able to check things off. Did this actually happen? I drank water today. I did whatever. And then we get into the deeper stuff, the internal work of the yada, 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 and all that other fun stuff. It's reinforcing that you can do what you set out to do. Right. It's, uh, you know, I exactly that. And it's, it's changing your literal internal monologue, your internal narrative. Right. So we're, we're doing it forcefully because again, your brain, everything is stories, right? Your brain tells stories. So if the story has been that I'm a fuck up and I don't do any of the things that I say I'm going to do. And every time I set a goal, I can't achieve it. And that's happened a hundred times. What's going to be the happen that was going to happen the hundred and first time that that same story is going to play out. So now again, that people can hear that and say, go, well, what does that mean? That means I can't change, right? I'm stuck replaying the same story, but that's why what you do is you overload that. And this is where things like affirmations come in. This is where things like vision boards come in. It's not that these things are magical. What they're doing is they're reprogramming your subconscious mind to go, oh, okay, like I, I'm just repeating it. I'm telling myself this stuff. I'm again, I'm giving myself small wins, like journaling, like saying affirmations, like again, like doing yoga and, and, and celebrating it or something like that. And then all of a sudden, instead of it being a thousand things that I fucked up and nothing I ever succeeded in, now it's a thousand things I fucked up and 20 things I succeeded in. And then six months from now, it's a thousand things I fucked up and 500 things I succeeded in. Then all of a sudden those, those scales start to tip slowly and slowly and slowly. And I don't have to be just the fuck up anymore. Now I'm the guy who used to fuck up, but now I actually succeed a lot. And that's a different story that my subconscious brain can follow. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I guess self-confident, you're confident in yourself. You trust yourself. You believe in yourself truly. Do you think that people can fake it until they make it with self-confidence? Yes and no. Yes. in that you can fake anything, but no, in that like, you'll, you know, you can lie, but you're, you know, the, the, the reality, right? So that's the thing. It's like, you can, you can present in a certain way, but in reality, when you're, you know, when you, when you put your head on the pillow, like, you know, the, the reality, even if no one else knows, like we always know. And that's why it's, that's why I say it's, it's you versus human nature. It's you versus your subconscious, subconscious brain. And this is a battle that is like, always going on, whether you like it or not. Right. So no matter what you can, you can flex on Instagram and have the cars and have the clothes and have the girls and go to the party. That's what I used to do. Right. Like I was, I was going to the parties with all the girls and popping bottles and doing all this stuff, but it was like, Vegas. right, exactly. I was going to Vegas. I was going to Miami. I was doing all the things. And it's just like, but like, I knew that in reality, like that, like my shit wasn't right. So like all of that stuff, like everyone was like, Oh my God, that's so cool, dude. Like, Oh yeah. Like, wow. I saw those pictures and it's like, but and it's like, again, when they're saying, ha, yeah, 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 dude, ha, yeah, it was dope. Ha. Like, I'm like, I'm going along with it. But in reality, 
to me, to me, I knew that it was all just like bullshit and didn't mean anything. And that like, it wasn't actually making me happy. So, you know, like I couldn't, like, you know, again, I could lie to everyone else, but I couldn't lie to myself. Yeah. How did you make this transition internally <laughs> from, from that person to this person? Um, yeah, it's been, a, again, it's just kind of a, a perfect storm. Honestly, I was lucky in a lot of regards that I was, because I was a, a fitness coach, you know, working as a personal trainer, working, um, as a nutrition coach that I was in this world of like self-development. Right. So I was in this world already where it's like, I understood bettering yourself. I didn't understand the mental side of it. Uh, but then, you know, uh, I got handed a, 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 a book one time at the right time when I, you know, they just hit me in the right feels. I listened to a podcast at the right time that hit me in the right feels. And then I also just kind of decided that like, again, like that life, like something had to change, right? I, it was, I got to an inflection point as most people do, right? Most people don't change until they hit rock bottom. So yeah. I got to an inflection point of like, something's got to give again, thinking about me present me versus future me. When I was about 25 or so 26, I thought like, Hmm, if the last five years are like this, right. From 21 to 25, we're just nothing but me partying and doing drugs and just kind of like making, doing nothing with my life and just kind of treading water because like, I was just like making money just so I could spend it. And like all this other stuff, I was like, now what if the next five years of my life look like that? And then what if the next 10 years of my life look like that? And I was like, then I'm the 35 year old guy still just going to parties and doing nothing. Um, so I kind of, I decided to change. And again, because I was in the place where I had the, the tools ready for me. And I was, I, I, you know, I, I lived in that world already. I had an easier go of it, I think, than, than a lot of people. But all of this, you know, that I teach and everything was just for me. I learned all of this stuff to make my life better. I never wanted to teach any of this. It was not like I didn't do it to make this a career. It just happened to be that after I learned all this stuff, after I changed my life, I saw that there was another side of life. And now I see people where I was stuck in this like, half-life treading water kind of middle of the road just like accepting the bullshit that they've been handed and i'm just like oh no there's a better way dude like let me help you you know and like i heard a saying the other day of like it's like healed people heal people right which is again your experience too right like you you it is the exact same thing i know like you you've, you're like now that you've experienced this so you're like how could i not share it right that's where this podcast came from and that's just how i feel it's like this is not me trying to be holier than thou or anything like that. This is just like, I know that there's a fucking better way that I know that everyone deserves to be as happy as I am. And it's not even fucking hard. Yes, we have to do the work, but like it is very achievable for every single person. So I'm just, you know, I don't know, passionate about it. Yeah. And actually like, of course, like self-work is work, but you can enjoy it too. You know what I mean? Like I really enjoy it because I guess I feel like I'm curious about myself and others. Like, I think everyone should be super curious about themselves because everyone is so interesting. Everyone is so multidimensional. So, you know, why wouldn't you be curious about yourself? Why wouldn't you want to learn more about like the underlying things in yourself? Yeah. And this is what we get, you know, you, you get, you know, 60, 80, a hundred years on this, on this ride, whatever you want to call it, this life. And it's just like, I don't want to do it muted. And like in this dull blase, just like 
going to work to go home to sleep to go to the weekend and then get back to work and just like you know when people ask me how are you doing how's it going i decided like i made the decision that i will say fucking amazing every time because oh, i got sick yeah. of saying people saying how's it going going uh it's going uh you know another day it's like fuck that right like like how many times a day does someone ask you hey how are you doing and you just go ah you know and it's like if i say fucking amazing every single time. Again, what message does that send to my subconscious brain? And now I have to live my life in such a way to make that the truth because Mm -hmm. I can't lie every time someone tells me that uh, someone asks me and I say, my life is, uh, things are going fucking amazing. So I have to make decisions that, that allow me to say that truthfully and honestly. Mm -hmm. So again, is there, it's not like a magic thing, but these, these are like the little things that I do to literally decide my way into a better life. Cause I don't want to be the guy who's just like, I was that guy for so long, uh, you know, uh, you know, working, working hard, you know, like, <laughs> oh, fuck that. Just to kind of recap what I'm hearing, like a lot of the work that you do with clients is kind of accepting the current state and then reprogramming in terms of like mindset to adjust so that I guess you're viewing your current state of reality in a growth mindset in a way. Right, accepting what is, accepting your current state, accepting these things, I say that's the entry ticket. But if I can say like, yes, for better or for worse, I am where I am because of myself. And again, yeah, that's not to say that like that bad things didn't happen to me, but this is, I control my, 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 my destiny. Mm-hmm. And now because I control my destiny, that means my destiny moving forward is completely within my hands because I'm not going to put that on anyone else. I'm going to keep that squarely within me. And then, you know, as having a coach is just me walking you through that, the things, like I said, clarity and making sure that we're taking you through the actual action steps to get you to that dream life. Right. So we want to make sure that, okay, we're planning it out and we're taking action steps to get you there. We're not letting you get in your own way. Right. Because in reality, we know what to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Like people use this all the time. Like, I just don't know what to do, but that's not true. Right. That's, that's not, if you want to build a business, there's Google exists, YouTube exists. Yeah. So there's no such thing as lack of information. I don't know how to lose weight. I don't know how to start a business. I don't know how to talk to my wife. I don't know. Nope. 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 There's podcasts. There's YouTube. It's, it's just not real. So in reality, they say consistency is key. So if all they have to do is be consistent, why is it so hard? Well, it's because we start and then we stop. We get in our own way. We self-sabotage. That's why everything that I do is around self-sabotage because I don't have to teach you anything magic. What I need to do is not let you get in your own way. So we start, we set you on a plan. And then when these speed bumps, these roadblocks come up, these things that your those thought gremlins are going to creep up and go, wait, this is dumb. This isn't working. This doesn't look like it should have. This isn't going perfectly. This isn't, this isn't what I expected. All of these things I'm there to nope, let's pull back. Let's reevaluate and let's keep moving forward. Cause most people, they get stuck in this loop of they start, start, start self-sabotage, just go back to the beginning and start again, go, go, go self-sabotage, go back to the beginning and start again. Where instead, mm-hmm. if we just go, go, go self-sabotage comes, but we jump over it. And then we get to keep going forward. We get to keep making progress and we actually get to the goal that we set out. So again, it's not about any magic thing. It's just literally getting you out of your own way. So then one last question. Okay. What's the secret to happiness? The secret to happiness. Um, I mean, that's a tough one again, you know, again, everything comes back to what I was said, what I've already said a bunch of times is just accepting what is, if you can do that, if you can, if you can accept reality, that this is where you are. And don't argue with it. Again, it's it's not good. It's not bad. It just is. That's so freeing. 
And again, if you don't like it, that's fine. You can build a plan to move forward from there, but just let go of expectations, let go of shoulds, and just realize that for better, for worse, you're alive right now. Things can't be that bad. And that's a good enough reason to be happy. Great. Thank you so much. That was awesome. If you were in my friend, maybe I'd take you up on coaching. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. That was a great combo. And thank you everyone for listening. Anyone who is listening, if they're interested in learning more about the, my whole slump methodology, I have a uh, like masterclass. It's like a 45 minute long where I break down all of these different things. I'll send, I'll give send you a link. People can have it for free. Great. I'll include all of your details in the show notes, as well as a link to your slump method. Awesome. Thank you. Yay. Thank you for listening to the episode with Paul. Find him at Paul Levitin on Instagram. Listen to the Healthy Happy Human podcast wherever you stream your podcasts. Also, if you're interested, reach out to him on Instagram for a consultation to see if his coaching will help you if you've enjoyed the episode please share it with a friend or family member or co-worker or associate of sorts that you think may benefit from it and also follow us on wherever you're listening to podcasts it definitely helps thank you Cody, Go deep.